If you're a runner who's felt held back from the joys of running due to an injury, surgery, or diagnosis, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Legacy Running, where we'll be sharing return to run info, insight, and inspirational stories to show you how to win back your happy place and build your legacy. Thanks for joining. Now on to the show. All right, welcome back to the Legacy Running Podcast. I am joined today by Dr. Jen and Dr. Audrey, uh, founders of the Trailhead Learning Collective. So excited to have you guys on. Welcome, ladies. We're so excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Of course. I think you guys have started probably the coolest thing in healthcare continuing education. And I am so excited for more physical therapists to learn about this. Yeah, well, we've been really excited about um, Trailhead Learning Collective and everything we've done. So we're we're really excited to have PTs come to our courses um, and get to experience kind of a new way to think about and to do continuing education. So cool. Can you guys start off by just telling me a little bit about yourselves? Like, where do you guys live? What do you do for fun kind of outside of working? Yeah, so I'm Dr. Jen Bell, and I am the Director of Clinical Education at the University of Montana. Um, And like you said, Sarah, I'm one of the co-founders of Trailhead Learning Collective. Um, I've been a physical therapist since 2006. I couldn't on the fly do the math, however long that is, um, but it feels like it's rapidly approaching two decades. Um, but I've been uh, on faculty at University of Montana for 10 years now. Um, outside of you know teaching and working with Trailhead Learning Collective, um, I love running in the mountains and skiing in the mountains, kind of basically anything that gets me out in the mountains. Um, I'm on a run streak, so I'm approaching 950 days of running every day outside. Oh gosh. No. Yeah, yeah, so that's been pretty fun. Um, started that in, in the middle of COVID to just have uh, something that was to keep me maybe a little bit more sane and have something yeah. that I felt like maybe I had a tiny bit of control over. So yeah, yeah that's a bit about me. So cool. Um, and then I'm Audrey Elias. I am also, I'm clinical faculty at the University of Montana, my day job. Um, I, we both, oh, Jen, I think you forgot to say, we both live in Missoula. um, And so we're just, the campus is right up next to the mountains. Um, So yeah, I did two years run streak and then decided I couldn't do that anymore. So I have not been doing that. Um, But yeah, basically anything that gets me out in the mountains is what I do for fun. Um, Running, cross-country skiing, alpine skiing, taking my son um, hiking and skiing. He's kicking my butt though, so I'm going to have to get better. Um, Yeah, we're, we just love being outside. Um, Unless, except for the time that we're in the clinic or teaching. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a huge thing that brings PTs together. I actually look back at PT school. And then once I transitioned into normal life, I was really shocked to find out that my friends that weren't PTs didn't just go to the gym after work. Like I was like, oh, that's not a normal (laughs) thing. Like the whole PT herd finishes class and then they all go to the gym. It's just like this thing. We just love moving. Yeah. So true. 
all our students go at noon at sort of the, just all yeah. over there. Yes, it's so fun. It's so good. Um, diving into Trailhead Learning Collective, can you guys tell me what it is and then how it's different from other Con Ed experiences and Con Ed classes? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Trailhead Learning Collective is a professional development um, company. And um, we started about oh, a year and a half ago. And um, one of the big ways in which Trailhead Learning Collective and our continuing education retreats are different than um, a lot of typical continuing education courses. Um, well, there are several things. First off, um, just like with our practice in the clinics, we want to incorporate evidence-based care for our patients. Audrey and I really focus on evidence-based teaching. So we've done a lot of work to dig into the research on how do adults learn? How do adults learn best? How do we make sure that adults retain material that they learn? Um, and, you know, so what are those best practices? And what we've seen over the years is that, you know, professors are working really hard to bring that into the classrooms and entry-level DPT education, but it's kind of getting left out of continuing education. Yeah. Yeah. And so we decided like we can do better. And like, you know, we're saying to ourselves because we've done the old model. Audrey and I have taught continuing ed before where, you know, it's a lot of as lecturing to people. And, and we really kind of came to this place where like, we want to do better as teachers. We want to have better experiences for clinicians to really be able to gain um, solid knowledge that they can retain. Um, so as we like to say, like, you know, we don't want you to sit in somebody's clinic at a plinth, eat bad bagels and have someone lecture at you for like eight hours, Saturday and Sunday, and then you're back in the clinic on Monday. Like no. that's no. And turns out the other thing that that perpetuates is like fatigue, exhaustion, burnout, like that doesn't rejuvenate us in any way as clinicians. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we created this model where we do, I would say, 90 to 95% active learning um, techniques in the, the way that we teach. Um, and then we do it in this retreat model, which is one of the other big differences. So when you sign up for one of our courses, you sign up and we provide all of your food and it's not bad bagels. It's like, we bring in professional chefs. It's really great food. The two professional chefs that we've worked with are also um, registered dietitians. So they're bringing in this phenomenal knowledge of nutrition, of you know how to feel for your brain to be able to learn, for your body to be able to move. And so we also tap into them to help with some of the teaching. Um, so we provide awesome food. We all stay together and we find these really great houses that are really comfortable, um, you know, places up in the mountains. We have a retreat coming up in September where we're right on Whitefish Lake in Montana. Um, and so we really kind of get together and we relax and we're together for about two and a half days. Um, but the big thing is that when we teach, we don't lecture. So it's a lot of um, active learning of discussing, you know, what um, the content is that we're covering, how people have seen it show up in their clinics. Mm -hmm. um, Audrey and I bring in a ton of the research with it, but we are giving pearls from the research and then really talking about how you can incorporate that um, into your own clinical practice. I think the other thing that um, I haven't mentioned is that 
we love being outside, like we just said, um, and we yeah. love being adventurers, adventurers of learning and physical adventures as well. And so um, we space things out. So you're not going, you're not, you know, learning via lecture from eight to five and then doing whatever. Yeah. We actually, you know, we're talking about things over dinner. We're talking about things over breakfast. But that gives us enough time so that on that Saturday and Sunday, we can actually take from nine to one or two and go hiking as a group, um, go for a trail run as a group. Um, sometimes, you know, not everybody can do is at the same pace or wants to do the same thing. We had somebody at our last retreat who you know, was fighting some nasty Achilles tendinopathy. So she went for a mountain bike ride on the same trail system that we were using. And nice. we go back and I have a picture of Purge, like high-fiving us as we all ran by. It was so great. Um, and that way, what we really like is not only are you getting outside and breathing and waking up um, and having a decent, like lovely weekend, you know, um, but you're, that also gives us time to process. Yes. Um, so if I'm, if I, for example, I'm going to teach about Red S and LEA, from, I don't know, 7.30 or 8 in the morning until 9.30, and then we're going to go for breakfast, and then we're going to go for a run, and people can actually think about it and talk about it with their mm-hmm. running partners, um, yeah. which is what we all do anyway, right? Like, if I go to a weekend con ed course, one, I'm going to fall asleep, um, but two, I'm not going to retain much, and so I have to then go for a run with my good friend, Jen Bell, and tell her all about it yeah and then we have to talk so it's like I've been in this stupid con ed course for two weeks weekends now um and this way we just did it all at the same time right we can get that time to process which is one of the it's one of the active learning (laughs) methods if you will That is amazing I think I literally got chills when you guys were talking about evidence-based like practice in the clinic and how we try that. And then you all are bringing that into your retreats. I will never forget in grad school, Dr. Jody Young, she flipped her classroom and did 20 minute lectures that we would have to listen to outside of class. And class time was all application-based discussion. Um, And it was on differential diagnosis. And I would say I, that is like, one of my strongest things. Like I am so quick to refer people out. I'm like, this sounds like cancer. This sounds like this. And like, (laughs) it's because of that. Like I was so on in her classes because I was forced to be on. Like I couldn't just sit there and fall asleep. I had to say, oh, I think this is like, you know, T4 referring to wherever. And the, like what it's done for my practice is amazing. So I just, I love, I love what you guys are doing. Yeah. Well, one of the things we found when we were really digging into the lecture is there's actually evidence to support better retention of knowledge if you exercise, if you actually yeah. learn some stuff and then you go and you engage in physical activity. It actually, like the things that it does to your brain, it helps you retain the knowledge better. So it's not just because like we like to go outside and play, we want to give you a break to stretch your legs. It's actually like evidence supported <laughs> ways to improve your learning. We'd like the stretching your legs and playing too. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's good stuff. 
it's all it's all uh all in the same thing um you guys touched on this a little bit but what kind of drove you guys to start this like what was the moment when y'all looked at each other and you're like all right we got to do this (laughs) well there were a couple actually um so Jen and I starting in COVID started running together every Saturday and and then there was a weekend when I had to take a continuing education course because even though I teach for a living, that does not get me my CEU hours or my license. Um, and that meant that I didn't go get, get to go for a run with my friend. And I was really mad. Um, like, I can't, like, this is all stuff we're just going to talk about. Why can't we talk about it while we're running? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then um, I have friends who are physicians and I have friends who are therapists, um, not physical therapists, mental health specialists, um, who, you know, my, uh, my therapist was like, oh yeah, um, I'm going to be on a meditation retreat and I'm getting 20 hours of continuing education for it. I was like, excuse me. And then my friend who's an internist was like, oh yeah, I went down to Napa and, um, I did a medical nutrition course. And basically it was cooking and wine tasting in Napa Valley for a week. And that covered two years of continuing education, CME for me. And I said, excuse me. (laughs) And then Jen's husband is a physician and like going to Hawaii for a course and, you know, just hanging out. Excuse me, I want this. And so we started looking, you know, and there are a couple places that will do you know, you go to a fancy place and you do your continuing education there, but then you're like in Bali and still having to sit in a conference room for eight hours while you're in Bali. It's like, that is not what I want. I, and so I started looking up running retreats because that's what I was doing. I enjoy trail running and you can go to a running retreat. It's like $3,000. You go to like a beautiful place in Vermont or Montana or Washington, Oregon coast, whatever. And you're going to go for a run. And then you're going to do some yoga and then you're going to have a workshop on like mindfulness or whatever. It's like, well, I could do that. Yeah. But I want a workshop on like nutrition and I want a workshop on um, bone stress injuries in runners. And I want a workshop on this. And then I want to get CEU credit for it because it's going to be so much more valuable. And I was like, I can't find what I want in the world. And Mm -hmm. Jen and I were running and we've been talking about this for a while. We're like, we need to make, we need to be the thing we want to see in the yeah. world, right? Um, and I think for physical therapists, especially, I mean, I've, I've taught so many continuing ed courses in clinics and yeah. um, everyone's butt hurts at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's so yeah. tiring. It's so fatiguing because we're so active the rest of the time. Um, it's like PTs it's not good. It's not good for us to be not walking the walk, right? We yeah. want to, we're talking about how we can't be sitting all day. Mm-hmm. It's not good for you. And mm-hmm. here we are forcing ourselves to do it. Yeah. For what? When it, it's not necessary. Totally. So anyway, I can get a little passionate about it. Sorry. I love it. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> what do you, I'm sure there's so many. But what do you guys feel like are some of the benefits that your participants are getting out of the weekends? 
Um, well, I feel like I've touched on a few already. But, yeah. Um, we, are, again, we sort of started thinking about this at the, well, we're still, you know, COVID hasn't gone away, but tail end of COVID restrictions, serious COVID restrictions. Um, and our burnout levels were not great. Um, yeah. We were looking at, you know, our, our students coming out, they're already burned out. We were looking at our, um, our colleagues and, you know, mass resignations in physical therapy. Yeah. Um, we're like, you know, what is, what is a thing that we can do? And we really wanted, what, what is a thing that makes physical therapy hard aside from documentation? Yeah. And one of the things is, you know, you gotta spend usually 15 hours a year doing continuing education and it can feel like such checking the box, you know? Yeah. Um, I spent five hours doing 20 hours of online continuing education and like, ugh, like what did I do? I, I don't even know. So we really wanted to do something that would help at least be a respite yeah. And help people feel more passionate about their profession again. Um, so that's one thing. Um, honestly, like Jen and I, I, I going to toot our own horn here. We're really good. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I, it's, it's so hard. I don't know whether it's because we're women or what, but um, like I did my DPT, I'm residency trained, my OCS, I did my PhD in clinical biomechanics, I have multiple publications, I've presented everywhere, and I really deeply care about evidence-based practice and evidence-based teaching. I mentor residents, I mentor fellows, like this is what I do. Um, Jen is the director of clinical education, she knows absolutely everything about being a clinician and what it takes to be a good clinician and a good mentor. Um, she's got her um, doctor of science in education methods. Like the woman is crazy. And like, she teaches all over the world. She's taught in Kenya. Um, just, I don't even remember where else, Jen. <laughs> all over. Usually, yeah. yeah. And um, really dedicated to global and public health and prevention and wellness. And um, I think like, you're gonna get expert teaching. Yeah. You know? Like really, like we don't faff about, I was just in London, so sorry. We don't faff about with, you know, somebody said that this might work. Like did yeah. it actually work? And how is it gonna work for you? I love it. Um, so. And then, yeah, I get to go for a run. One of the other things, like, I don't know, I've, I've gone to continuing education classes where, and, and Audrey, thank you for all those nice things mm -hmm. you said. Um, despite all of our, our expertise and our training that we bring into these courses, we're not going to stand up in front of you and tell you everything you should be doing. We really want to facilitate really good conversations about clinical practice. Um, and so, like, I don't know about you, Sarah, but I hate going to a con ed class with my years of experience and just sitting there and it being expected to be quiet. Yeah. And someone tell me what to do. Yeah. 
and, and I can't stand in front of and guide another room of people with that much expertise and expect them to be quiet. I can't do it. Yep. It's so unfair, right? And so let's leverage all the expertise in the room. That's why it's a trailhead learning collective because we want to collectively learn together. Mm-hmm. Audrey and I learn from every one of these courses that we teach. For because sure. Yeah. We have these great clinicians that come in and share their expertise they've developed in the clinic working with patients. And they, you know, I love seeing like a younger clinician teaching an older clinician something or that older clinician really mentoring that newer clinician. Like it's really fun to see those relationships develop in these retreats. I think one of the things that I have a hard time with um, is when my students or our resident come in and say, well, Dr. XYZ said we should be doing this. Oh. Or, you know, um, and so uh, most of the time it's really good, you know? Yeah. yeah. But it's like, okay, that's great. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, this PT who has a really big um, following on Instagram or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, said to do these exercises or said to do this thing. That is awesome. I really love that you are looking at that. What do you want to do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I do. The, one of the reasons I have a hard time tooting my own horn and Jen's is because we very much do not want to be the guru sage mm-hmm. on the stage. I do not want anybody to go out and practice just like me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not how we develop a community of experts. That's how we develop a community of followers. Yeah. Um, which is, I don't know, just kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It gets weird. Um, Jen, I really, I mean, I loved all of your points, both of you, but I really love the point of um, when you come into the weekend, it's like a collective. It's not just you guys putting information out there. I have found that when people are, I guess, I don't want to say more prestigious or more educated or, or like kind of, yeah, more educated, had more experience. They actually say less. They like actually want mm-hmm. other people to chime in and experience more. Um, and I think that was like some of the best pieces that I got out of my fellowship classes when was when our mentor would bring like a case study in or whatever. And we all had to be the ones leading it. And it was like, oh my gosh, what do we do? And then there was feedback and moments of like, hey, would this be better? Like, do you think this would be a little bit easier? Um, But it was never that like, well, this is what you should do. And then this is what happens because that mentor is not always going to be with me when I'm treating patients. I need to be the one to be like, oh, this is, you know, this, and this is what we're going to do. Yeah, that's so true, Sarah. And and two, I... I have my clinical experiences in the places I've worked, but I've never been in your clinic. I, I don't know what it's like to practice, um, you know, in San Francisco. And so, you know, we really want to be able to have folks come in with their clinical expertise for in the way and in the places that they practice and really talk about, this is how I found with my community and with the patient types of patients I see that it's really effective if I, you know, talk about it this way versus, you know, another clinician maybe have to take that same evidence, but use it in a different way, with a different, in a different clinic or in a different population, or maybe you don't have as long of appointments. And so that's really what we love to dig into is like, okay, so this is the evidence, but how would you use it? How, like really digging in 
to how do these individuals translate that into their own clinical practice versus just having an expert tell you like, this is what you should do, go and do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool because our patient populations and who we treat are so different in all different settings and mm -hmm. it's always going to come out a little differently. Yeah, I mean, certainly like the work you do with telemedicine, like mm -hmm. you're going to have to use that that information and the evidence completely differently than someone who only sees patients face to face for one hour every two weeks. You know, it's, it's going to be very different. Totally, totally. Um, you guys touch on really no lecture or like very minimal lecture. Can you give me some like practicals and kind of what that looks like and how that plays out in the weekend? Yeah, you know, a lot of people are like nervous because we've spent <laughs> like from kindergarten through like grad school, like a lot of lecture. And so yeah. folks can kind of be like, this is how I learned. This is how I was, I was taught to learn. And, yeah. you know, and so I'm really being, good at it. <laughs> yeah, really good at learning this way, right? Yeah. I've had to be because I've gotten this far. Yeah. Um, and I went, I wanted the PowerPoint slides. <laughs> um, yes. And uh, sorry, there's like two PowerPoint slides all weekend <laughs> and they're just pictures. Um, and so, you know, some of the ways in which you do it, we have a ton of discussions. So um, a lot of the work that Audrey and I do to part for these courses really is digging into the research and the material and the theory, not like how can we guide a discussion um, to get different people's perspectives to talk, like we just said, about how they're seeing this play out in their clinic. Um, but we also have a huge affinity to post-its, both right. the kind of Big small regular ones and huge post-its. And it. so, you know, one of the things I talk about in our prevention and wellness for the running athlete course is um, GI issues in runners. Like runners have loads of GI stuff, yeah, right? They do. So, yeah. And how as a physical therapist, do we say like, well, yeah, yeah, you didn't eat very good. That's why you feel like that. <laughs> yeah. This is like, oh, this needs to go to a physician to be screened because it seems more problematic. And so, you know, one of the, the things that we do is we take giant kind of like two foot by three foot post-it notes, mm -hmm. put it up on the walls. And we say, you know, what are the medications that your patient might be taking that would make you say like, okay, we need to dig into this more. And so folks go around and they write the medications they can think about. We have another one that's like symptoms or complaints. So what, what would the patient maybe say when they're talking to you, that would make you think like, okay, this, we need to dig into this more, right? And so we get up and we move around and we write and someone writes something and you ask them about it. And then we debrief through it. And, and we say like, okay, well, you know, why would you be concerned if they're taking omeprazole or Prilosec or PPI? Like, what would that, why would that make you think that you need to dig into more? And, and then folks have to think through it and talk through it, right? Versus me standing up there saying, if your patient is taking a PPI, they may have GERD, have they talked to it? Yeah. And just lecturing about it. It's more fun to kind of walk around, have those discussions and kind of see what are people thinking. And then we look and see like, okay, there's a gap here. So that's where we're going to plug in that kind of best practice and research um, mm -hmm. to make sure that we hit those key points. Yeah, that's really cool. And that's how it happens in the clinic too, is like your patient comes in, they're like, I had gastric distress. And then you're in real time troubleshooting what's going on. And you're like, oh no. So being able to practice that, even in kind of like make a fool of yourself for a second in a safe setting, it's mm -hmm. so worth it to when your patient actually comes in and you're like, well, this uh, medication that you're taking, maybe we should check that out. Yeah. And then one of, one of the other um, participants is there and says, oh my gosh, I actually had a patient who came in with that and that and that. Yeah. And 
I don't know how to talk to them when I see them on Tuesday. And then another person is like, actually, I had a person like that five years ago and this is what we did and it worked really well. And like, who do they sound? Oh, my person was, you know, a 35 year old mom who also was dealing with X, Y, and Z. Like, oh, well, my person's a 42 year old male and um, how are they different? What can we do that's similar? What can we do that's different? And, but they have these, this symptom cluster, right? That's similar. So Mm. how are we going to, how are we going to approach that differently? All that psychosocial stuff that a lot of times um, just gets wiped under the rug. Like, yep, they've got GERD or they, you know, watch out for what if they have, they might have celiac disease. You're like, okay, well, how am I going to bring that up? Yeah. Is it even in my scope? I mean, yes. Um, But how do I then do that in a way that, you know, the patient isn't going to be like, my physical therapist says I have (laughs) celiac disease. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, as PTs, I mean, especially like as we are, most of us are doctors, we Mm -hmm. have that duty to be Mm -hmm. like referring doctors and like send them to people who, you know, maybe can check in on the celiac or, uh, yeah, refer out when need to be and kind of know how to like case manage each of our clients. Yeah. Well, and that's Sarah, one of the reasons why the next course we're teaching is about navigating nutrition as a physical therapist, because Mm -hmm. it's a huge thing that we need to talk to our patients about. It has a huge impact on any condition that we're working on for recovery with our patients. And so if we don't talk about it, um, then it's going to slow down the work we're trying to do um, or has the potential to, but oftentimes, you know, a lot of PTs are kind of like, well, not, uh, that's not my lane. I don't want to go in it. And it's like, well, you, you need to be able to have these really important conversations with your patients, whether it's an individual with diabetes or a runner with a GI distress. Right. And so being able to build confidence and comfort in how to have those conversations. So, you know, we're not just going to, yeah, we're going to talk about micronutrients and and macronutrients, but we're also going to talk about how to talk about this stuff with our patients and what is our lane and what isn't, and when do we manage these types of things and when do we refer out, right? And so to have those conversations to build our confidence and being able to address those things for our patients, um, it's going to be a really fun course. We have Cody Moore, who's a um, registered dietitian um, and does a lot of running coaching and then also the chef he's going to be teaching it with us so it's going to be a lot of fun amazing is he local to Montana he's yes. in Whitefish mm-hmm. cool. well Kalispell but that's right up near Whitefish yeah, yeah that's so cool um is there anything else that you guys feel like you missed you want to share things that you're like this is also really cool really <laughs> it's open yeah. You know, I think one thing that I, I, I want to say is that I don't want, cl- you know, clinicians that listen to this to like feel bad for going to those other continuing education courses. Like there's a place for all of this. There is a time and a place where, you know, you are going to need to leverage online learning modules to be yeah. able to get the information. You know, I sometimes go to Physio Plus and I'm like, I need to know this pretty narrow, small thing and I can find a course on there and I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's so many different ways that you can get and gain knowledge. Um, we do it all the time in the clinic. Like the person next to us just 
saw a patient, you're like, hey, tell me what you're doing, because that was really cool. Or like, I have a sticky patient or a radical article. There's so many ways that we learn all the time, but we really wanted to give folks um, this, this opportunity to engage in this retreat model where you can walk away feeling really good and mm-hmm. rejuvenated and cared for. Yeah. Um, and like you had a really great weekend with friends that also are PTs and you got to like geek out all weekend and yeah. like relax. So <laughs> I think it can be a hard, I don't know about you, Sarah. Um, I feel like their PTs, um, and particularly sportish adjacent PTs, but a lot of PTs just in general, um, there's kind of this idea that PT is a calling. And so you have to be pushing, Mm. right? And you have to be getting better and that getting better is hard and you have to make a sacrifice Mm -hmm. um, in order to do that, right? Mm. You have to make the sacrifice in pay in order to go to residency and fellowship, right? And you have to sacrifice your weekends. I, when I did my residency, I was in private practice. So I practiced all week and then averaged one three day long con ed course week per weekend per month for 18 months. It was a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was the sacrifice that I was willing to make in order to get better and to keep pushing and keep pushing. And honestly, I feel like we don't need to think about PT and being a good PT as being a sacrifice, as having to sacrifice things. We can like we can have it all um we can can do those things right like it doesn't have to hurt Mm -hmm. just like we don't have to make our patients hurt necessarily Mm -hmm. in order to help them get better we don't have to make ourselves hurt in order for ourselves to get better as pts and that's just the constant you know constant learning kinds constant lifelong learning that most of us really value and one of the reasons why we got into this profession and I just watching the lifelong learning turning into a chore hmm. was heartbreaking you know yeah that is amazing I in the early stages of my career and and kind of into now there was just this grind mentality of like I need to work and then I need to work my PRN job and then I need mm-hmm. to get my you know 10 certifications and (laughs) you know a lot of people burned out and it's not sustainable so I love Mm -hmm. that note on like you can be really good and you don't have to grind and sacrifice yeah you know one of the things I've been pushing back on Sarah um related to this and this is I'm kind of is transitioning onto soapbox um (laughs) I've, I've really been wrestling with you know, hearing clinicians or professors or leaders in our field say, um, we always have to put the patient first. Hmm. Um, and I, I, I'm finding myself pushing back on that because if I always put the patient first, then that's where I find myself in, in the position to be really burnt out and, and wrestling with, you know, with what I'm doing and, and everything. And I think that we can prioritize providing high quality care for our patients, but that party doesn't need to come before taking care of ourselves mm-hmm. and making sure that you know we're making choices about our career, about where we work, how we learn that that feed us and don't further drain us because we feel like we have to put the patient first. 
that's going to be a priority for us because we're such caring professionals. Mm-hmm. But we've got to remember that we have to put ourselves first. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you're on the airplane, you always put your own face mask on before you put your kids on. Yes. So true. I love that you guys are creating an environment that is reaching those goals and like allowing time and space for PTs to do what they love, which is learn and move and also just be cared for in the way or in the, in the process. Um, where can we learn more about you guys? Like, and if we want to just like hear about the weekend or sign up, where can we get connected? Yeah. So we're on Instagram at trailhead learning. Um, and then our website is uh, trailheadlearn.com, no ing. Um, and then, and that kind of takes our main page, kind of has um, like our mission and who our partners are and um, where we want to go. And then we also, there's a button there to look at the retreats that we have. Cool. Right now, we have our retreat in, at the end of September mm-hmm. scheduled. Um, up in Whitefish, Montana, like Jen said, we, we, right on the lake, we've got a private dock and a hot tub and paddle boards. Um, it's going to, it's actually really beautiful. Um, and we are going to be announcing 2024. Um, I don't think we're doing one by before the end of another one before the end of 2023. Um, but we're going to be announcing our 2024 schedule probably in the next couple of weeks. So um, yeah, we're going to have that available on there also. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will put those in the show notes, but for now, thanks so much for coming on. I am just so excited. We got to connect and got to like learn more about what you guys are doing and I hope to stay connected. Absolutely. We're really excited about that too. Yeah, thanks for your time, Sarah. It was really great to chat and we really love the work that you're doing and supporting women and runners. It's great. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Legacy Running. If you haven't already, please share this out so more people can build their legacy. If you would like to work with me, Dr. Sarah, check out strategywithsarah.com and get access to schedule a time to chat about returning to run, pain, injury, or fear-free. There's more info on how to connect in the show notes as well. I look forward to talking with you soon. And remember, how you show up matters.